When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, some dogs just bow wow us but how amazing they look, and some by the clever tricks that they can perform. But there's a group of dogs who are real life savers, and you're about to meet one on the show today. Lagatha is a beautiful, I'm saying beautiful, Newfoundland mix. What's her superpowers? She is a regular blood donor for dogs in need of blood transfusions. Now, we have a couple of two-leggers here, (laughs) to share her tale, and they hail from the Mount Laurel Animal Hospital in New Jersey. So please, at this time, give pause and applause to Dr. Rob Mankowski and the operations director of the blood bank and Lagatha's pet parent, Deborah Consiglio. That was a mouthful, everybody. Welcome to the show, you two, and and Lagatha. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, these folks are here to bring to attention something your pet may need. We hope they don't, but a blood transfusion. And just like us, the blood transfusion may just save their lives. There's a number of reasons why pets do need blood transfusions. We're going to dive into that. But first, tell us, uh, Dr. Rob, a little bit about your background. I guess there's like over 70 veterinarians at your Mount Laurel Animal Hospital? Yes, we're... We're one large facility here in South Jersey, (laughs) and we've been kind of growing and growing for the last uh, 45 years. But we're we're about 30,000 square feet, and we're actually planning another expansion because the demand for our service is is very high. And we have a wonderful, amazing group of people here, um, over 300 employees, including, yeah, over 60 doctors almost 70 doctors here and doing a variety of different services from our primary care to our 24-hour emergency service, our ICU. We have multiple specialties here. Um, we have a mobile service. We have our blood bank. So we're, we have quite a lot going all on. One, man. Yeah, all everything. Do you have a drive-through window for fast food too? 
I want well, I wanted it for our pharmacy, but we weren't able to do it in the plan. So that was on the oh, having I, a drive-through pharmacy. That'd be great. Well, we maybe do have, happen. We do, however, and that's because of our farm. We're on a on a 17-acre farm, so because of the farm and the wetlands associated with those, we weren't able to do a drive-through. So I'll take the farm because we have a lot of awesome animals outside that people enjoy. Well, that's pretty cool. Deborah, you wear many collars there at Mount Laurel Animal Hospital. I, I introduced you as the um, director, uh, the, uh, the operations director of the blood bank, but you've got some Vanna White initials after your name too, right? Yeah, I um, graduated from Harcombe College in 99. So I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I'm also a veterinary technician specialist in emergency and critical care. I received that in 2011. Cool. I work in the ICU a couple of days a week, and then I do the blood bank um, on the other days. All right. And uh, bring that camera for all you lucky people tuning in to our YouTube one. Bring the star of the show uh, as we pan into this beautiful, beautiful Lagatha. Uh, Deborah, tell us a little 411 on your sweet pup. And she's uh, not so, a little pup. <laughs> no, she's about 95 pounds. Um, she's okay. four and a half years old. Um, she was a rescue. Came from, unfortunately, an Amish farm. So we call her a teacup Newfie because she's only not very large. She looks well, like a how black. Big do new, how big do Newfies tend to get? Um, usually well over 100 pounds. She's actually okay. my fourth one that I've had. Okay. What was it that made you say, you know what, Lagatha, I got a deal to make for you. Would you like to be a, a blood donor dog? I mean, what what's how did that all happen? Um, so we were just kind of getting the blood bank started here right about when COVID happened. Um, she had just turned two at the time. And a lot of the national blood banks were having a lot of trouble keeping up with the demand for blood products especially with COVID and people not coming in to donate. So we started really pushing it here at Mount Laurel. Um, and we've really expanded over a little over two years. I figured I would just try it. Some dogs don't want to do it. You know, laying on a table for 10 minutes is really hard for some dogs, but she does great. Um, currently, okay. we have about 25 dogs in our program. You have 25 blood donor dogs? Mm-hmm, and about six cats. <laughs> and six cats? Yep. You really have to negotiate with the cats, don't you? Um, I mean, you have to give up, you know, your life savings. What do you do to bribe a cat to donate blood? And just as I said it, my cat, Casey, just went, no. <laughs> Casey. Unfortunately, <laughs> the cats need to get sedated for it because they don't want, they're definitely not going to sit there. So. Do you do a little gabapentin or what? Or is it sedated? Like IV sedation. Okay. Okay. All right. Well. Dr. Rob, as my cat just jumps up above me, tell us, walk us through this. Um, how does it, let's go with let's, cats first and dogs. What's the safe way? Um, Deborah mentioned it's about 10 minutes for the dogs, but walk us through. Well, she does all the collections, so I'll have you, her walk you through. I, I could talk okay. about all the conditions that, you know, they Well, let's they go keep. with the conditions and then Deborah for 200. Let's go for the steps through. So okay. when... Would a dog, a cat, a rabbit, whatever, a companion animal need a blood transfusion? Well, probably the most common thing may be trauma. So injuries. So dogs obviously often getting hit by car. Um, sometimes they may have uh, a surgery that they may require extra blood, whether 
it's removing something or you know they ate something that they shouldn't have and there's there's blood loss um there's some autoimmune diseases that actually the body will start destroying the red blood cells in the body so causing you know that that to plummet and so without blood you know these animals will not make it so in the time being you know especially for the autoimmune diseases we have to give them medications to stop that that um, immune disease process and then give them blood to support them until the body will stop destroying the blood cells would it also be what well, let's say our dog or cat got into our medication and isn't erping that's the medical term right erping um what could happen if they got into toxins could they need a blood transfusion sure i mean toxins just as simple as over-the-counter advil um dogs really? often get gi ulceration and significant gi bleeds from just those alone so um you know other toxins yeah rat poison so rat poison is a big one where mm -hmm. um, that one's very dangerous and can cause them to lose a lot of blood and is there are there i actually teach pet first aid i'm a master instructor i have a veterinary approved program pet first aid for you and i learned the color of the gums could indicate maybe internal bleeding right yeah that's a great that's a great uh thing you can do at home and it's a it's kind of a window into the vessels so yeah lifting their gums and seeing the, the what color it looks like and nice and pink like our healthy gums like our gums look is what they should look like and when they become um, anemic or lack of red blood cells or low red blood cells it definitely looks pale um, okay you know low blood pressure can look pale as well um, and lack of oxygen however you know um, dogs with really pale gums that's that's a red flag you got to get into the vet all right hey everybody we're speaking with uh, Deborah Consiglio and Dr. Rob Mankowski they're with the Mount Laurel Animal Hospital in New Jersey. And when we come back, we're going to walk through the steps of what it is involved to have your pet maybe qualify to be a blood donor. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. With us today are Dr. Rob Mankowski and Deborah Consiglia from the Mount Laurel Animal Hospital. Deborah, you're the operations director of the blood bank. You've got a lot of vet tech initials after your name, and you are a proud pet mom to one of your main dog donors, and that's Lagatha. So walk us through the process, if you would, Deborah. What, what's involved? Because people may want to see if their dog would like to be a donor? So typically our donor dogs are between the ages of two and six years old, um, at least 55 pounds. Um, they can be bigger than 150, but it gets a little bit harder to put them up on the table okay. when they get to be that large. 
Um, <laughs> so what, what we do here is we do, it's called a temperament screening. Um, basically, it's just to see if they'll actually lay down for a few minutes. Okay. Some dogs right. just want, do not want to lay down on a table. If they get through that, then they'll have a physical exam with our doctors here. And then as long as everything looks good, we send out some screening blood work. Takes about two to three weeks to get back. And as long as everything looks good, they get cleared to donate. Um, so then we have them come in. The whole process takes about 20 minutes or so. They come in, they get lots of snacks, lots of belly rubs. Hair she tempted me. Okay, keep going. <laughs> we shave a little bit of hair on their neck. We do a lidocaine block um, just to numb the area so they don't feel it. And then we collect yeah. a unit of blood. And then they get a bandana and an ID tag and whatever snacks they want. Chicken, peanut butter, cheese. Heaven on earth for a dog, right? Lagatha has a little bragging rights, right, Deborah? Lagatha was on a show about dog heroes. Tell us about yes. that. She was just uh, one of the dogs chosen for the best dogs of 2022, um, which airs on the CW. They happened to find her because she was here for a newsreel when we were doing a blood drive. She's pretty chill on the table, right? Yeah, she's pretty chill all the time. We call her the 95-pound cat. She sleeps 23 hours a day. <laughs> Let's tell a little bit about how she's helped. I mean, well, one thing I did want to ask, and maybe Do uh, Dr. Rob, you can answer this. Just people have different blood types, and some blood types can mesh with others. If you're the universal donor, oh, or if you're like me, my motto in life, be positive. Um, you know, there's a little bit harder getting blood. What's the deal with dogs, cats, and others? Do they have different blood types? How how can dog A donate to dog B? Well, there's two main blood types, uh, DEA, negative, and positive. And so positive and negative. And so we want to generally give the positive to the positive dogs and the negative to the negative dogs. So why does it say DEA? Do you know this answer, Deborah? Um, it's the antigen. I don't, can't remember. Oh. Okay, it's a so very it's a long word. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's one of the antigens. Okay, and for cats, you were saying it's different. What is the cats, Deborah? Cats go by A and B, and then there okay. is a very rare AB type, um, which we okay. don't really find. What about rabbits or goats or any other? So there's know? no commercial blood type testing um, that could be done at an actual hospital. You would have to send it out to a lab for that. So it's kind of, we do a cross match and hope for the best that it's going to be okay. And then if everything looks good, then we'll give it to the recipient. So the cross match, just seeing if you, you, you mix the, the blood together on a slide and see if it agglutinates or kind of clumps together and, and, and it looks like it's, it's, you know, it's not meshing well. That would okay. be something called agglutination. So how serious is the the scene nationally about the need for blood transfusions either one who, who wants to jump in so we've been very fortunate um with all of our donors that we actually haven't had to go to too many commercial blood banks recently to buy blood um i know that they are if you do try and go on their websites to purchase it there's usually a limited number that you can buy if they actually have it in stock but we've kind of been supporting ourselves mainly for at least a good year that's good though but it is serious i mean as humans you know we go and donate blood we know we're going to get cookies and help out is this something that needs to be 
broadcasted more. I, I didn't realize that of uh, the need for the transfusions. And Dr. Rob, you shared some of the reasons why a pet may need a blood transfusion, but what can we do more to get the word out? Or how can we encourage a pet parent who may have a dog or a chill cat that would, uh, would qualify? Well, you know, there's not going to be many hospitals like ours that have the capability of getting, you know, um, collections because, you know, the smaller hospitals will purchase them from commercially available or they'll refer the patient to where there's blood. So sometimes if, you know, if we didn't have blood and, you know, there's a patient here that needs it, we will, you know, we will call around and get either get the blood from another hospital or refer that patient out. That hasn't been a case, the case for us for a long time because of our blood bank. Well, thanks to Deborah right. and Legatha. Legatha, exactly. So <laughs> we, and we have a, we have also, you know, 300 employees that, you know, if we really needed something, go. we could reach out to them via social media and say, hey, listen, we need, we need blood now, like urgently or you know, contact all of our donors and say, hey, we need it now. But um, so if somebody's looking to donate, obviously find a larger facility in your area of a veterinary hospital Good. and see if they're taking donations. Usually it's going to be one with an emergency hospital and, you know, a very large hospital that has that capability. We just have a couple minutes left. Uh, Deborah, hop in and uh, share a story where Lagatha's donation probably saved that dog's life. Do you have a tale? So we had Oso, um, he came in about two years ago. Um, he was a young golden doodle. Um, he happened to get out and get hit by a car. Um, unfortunately, he had a lot of internal bleeding and he needed to go into surgery. We had two dogs meet me at the hospital to donate Lagatha as well. And then during the course of his stay, he also needed, I believe, three or four units of plasma. So he got pretty close to probably eight units of blood from six different dogs. Blood wow. product. How How is Ozo now? Please tell me good news. <laughs> Ozo is living up in Connecticut with his dad. <laughs> and doing good, doing, staying out of traffic. Look both ways, Ozo. Yeah. I don't think he's allowed <laughs> off of a leash ever again. <laughs> What is I? What is something you love about Lagatha? We know that Lagatha is a superstar as a blood donor, but how does Lagatha make you a better human? Um, she's she's very calming. Um, you know, we had a rough day at work. You know, we all have them. Just come home and sit on the couch, and she just wants to sit up and snuggle, and you know, tell her whatever, and she just listens. Really. What's your four one one on your pets, Doctor Rob? Oh yeah, I have uh, I have three dogs at home and a cat, and and they're they're all awesome, different personalities. Um, my dog's probably large enough, but not a great. Uh, she's a little anxious about, you know, being handled. So we're working on that, but they're all adopted, and um, you know, they're they're awesome. So, but yeah, dogs. She's the epitome of, you know, the dog spirit. You know, like just just wonderful, warm, and. Uh, yeah, you know, so loving. Hey, Pet Pals, so glad that we had Dr. Rob and Deborah and Lagatha on our show. After the break, we're going to talk with Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. She runs the uh, Chico Hospital for Cats in California, and she's going to talk to us about pain management. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. 
This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. (laughs) Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. Yes, I'm talking about one of the world's top veterinarians. She is board certified in feline medicine, and she's here today to discuss how to ease pain. Ow, wow, 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 in our cats. Please welcome back Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. I'm so glad you're here, Dr. Elizabeth. Thanks, Arden. I, so I think you're overstating it a little bit. Nope, nope, nope. I did my homework. I used to be an investigative reporter. Did my facts. Hey, everybody. We have been buddies, she and I, gosh, for more than 15 years, maybe, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. That's cool. And yep. I love having her on the show because she has great information and she is a true champion for cats. Um she operates a, a cat-only clinic. It's called the Chico Hospital for Cats. It's in Chico, California. She's also the past president of the American Academy of Feline Practitioners. And for all of you out there, that is the group of people board certified in feline medicine. That's their group. And they're very, very helpful to people. And they very kind to you by making their website short. What is their website? It isn't that big, long thing I just spit out. What no, is- it's catvets.com, and it's the American Association of Feline Practitioners. And that most of those feline practitioners are general practitioners in regular practice. Okay. Because we think that anybody that touches a cat is a feline practitioner. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, in your spare time, which is, I don't know, she must be uh, also know how to get into time warps. Um, you travel around the globe, um, and uh, aren't you doing some things teaching in places like Peru and Brazil? Yeah, I did. It was really quite fun. Give us the, um, what's know, the now, scoop. Not the litter well, scoop, the scoop, the other scoop. Yeah. You know, we're starting to have conferences again. I mean, Yay. after, you know, for two and a half years, we didn't see one another. And so... Now we veterinarians are getting together to help each other learn stuff. And, and it's just a great opportunity to, to talk to people about what's new. I mean, you know, there are so many things that have happened just in the last couple of years that have been really significant, especially in feline medicine. Well, give you know, us an so example. What, what happened in Peru? What were you uh, talking uh, one about? One of the things we talked about a lot about is osteoarthritis. You know, we now know what the incidence of osteoarthritis is in cats and and everyone thought it was non-existent and up to 90 percent of cats over the age of 10 have some evidence of osteoarthritis so some of the biggest information that we've gotten has been in that area now let's just take a pause on that you said for cats 10 and older 
that about 90% have some degree of osteoarthritis. And cats are just notorious for hiding any signs of pain, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. They are solitary hunters. And so they don't have any need to communicate. And, and the biggest part of that is they keep secrets because if you show any sign of weakness, you're going to be somebody else's lunch, right? So hunter and hunted, right? That's their unique exactly. species. You taught me a long time ago. I will never forget, and I share it all the time. You tell me, Arden, with cats, you never force. You always negotiate. And what... What do you mean by that? Because there are people trying to pop pills down cats, trying to, to get them in a carrier. Um, you really have to outfox the feline, don't you? Well, you do have to, you know, one of the most important parts of my job is, you know, on next to curing diseases and creating a good quality of life is protecting and preserving the relationship that people have with their beloved cats. And so half of my job is to try to figure out ways to keep that relationship intact and not create a rift between a client or a caregiver and a cat, and at the same time get that therapy that the cat needs. So it's a balancing act between doing the right thing and doing it well. And not be in a rush or a hurry or stressed out. No. I'm taking that, I'm thinking my cats would like smell that and they're like, bye-bye. <laughs> of course. All right, so in Peru, you're talking about the osteoarthritis fact and figure, which is pretty high. Uh, can you yeah, remember some yeah, you talked I, about I, in Brazil? Uh, sure. We talked about FIP, which you and I have discussed before. and We talked about diabetes in cats, which there's some new forms of monitoring for, and there's some new things happening there. And so, it, you know, it, we're just talking about, and when we do these things, what's happening that people need to evolve into. You know, medicine changes oh. all the time. And what I'm hearing, too, is it sounds like the global world of those wanting to bring out the healthy best in cats is getting cozier. Because you're, we you're are. not We're doing getting... this just in, in Chico, California. So tell no. us about this. What's happening is it sounds like we're more and more getting together, which is kind of exciting. It is. And, and there are more and more. One of the things that I love is there are more and more companion cats. I mean, people... Yeah. There are more companion cats and dogs than dogs in North America for the first time, for example. Me, there's wow. a huge <laughs> yeah. There's a huge increase in the pet population in China and Japan. Um, and, and in urban areas, because of the limitations of space, cats are thought to be more appropriate pets. Well, I mean social media, cats in a sink out outvote any dog with a bone, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, and I do know videos everywhere. the the millennials. I think are really driving cats to be um, really full blooded members of the family. Uh, I live in a household with dogs and cats. Don't ever make me choose. I love my dogs. <laughs> I love my cats, and they each make me in their own way make me a better person. I think you agree. They're all family. It's yeah. all our family. <laughs> all right, so you're speaking all around. Um, but I do know years ago when we first met, I was the editor of a publication called Catnip. It's still around, and it's from Tufts University, your alma mater. And uh, I remember way back when, Dr. Colloran, I was told by one of the veterinarian advisors, who has since recanted that because more knowledge, said, oh, cats don't feel pain. 
And I bet as, you know, when you were starting out in your veterinary practice, there was nothing about pain management for cats on the radar, was there? Well, there was, but there wasn't. I mean, the, one of the things that, that there was, of course, is treating acute pain, like surgical pain and okay. things like that was really starting to evolve. And we were starting to really pay attention to that. But chronic pain in cats is a whole different sort of subject. And it's people didn't see how cats manifest pain. They didn't know how they did it. And so they didn't know what to look for. Okay. And so the assumption was is that chronic pain wasn't something we needed to worry about cats. And then, you know, over the last few years, there's been so much work done in understanding how cats manifest pain that now we have the obligation to make sure that we treat it. Give us some examples of, we've got about a minute left before we take a break, but give us a couple of examples how cats manifest pain more subtly than a dog would. Well, a dog will limp. Cats don't, right? What they do is they sleep more okay. or they groom less or they hide in places they've never been before. They'll just, you'll find them sleeping in a place they've never slept before, for example. Wow. Um, and and when a, in a cat who sleeps a lot anyway, a little <laughs> yeah. more sleeping might be pretty hard to figure out. Wow. Hey, we're going to find out what's on the horizon for cats and how we can manage chronic pain in them with the good doctor. We're talking Dr. Elizabeth Colloran after we take this break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Were you hanging out right here while we were gone waiting for us to get back? <laughs> yeah, you know how long that was in dog years, right? Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. She gives talks all over the world. She is there on the cutting edge to make sure that all felines enjoy full, healthy lives. And we were talking about some of the subtle signs that may be hard to detect in cats because they don't want to do a, a Emmy award-winning emotional, I'm in pain, you know, like a dog might do. Uh, so tips for us who have pets and cats on how we should really start being more cat detectives for subtle clues. Some of the other things that beyond what we already talked about is overgrown nails. Oh. So cats who start developing these big, thick nails, yeah. they, they probably aren't scratching on the scratching post as much because they're joints. Oh. Another okay. way that we see pain, pain manifest in cats is they quit grooming. Okay. So all of a sudden that one spot that they can't, they used to be able to get to regularly is just all matted and knotted up. And, and it's because they can't get there anymore because it's not comfortable. 
and they may be the ones that you're like, hallelujah, you're finally not on the kitchen um, uh, counter. Oh, no kidding, because they can't get there anymore. We didn't train them not to be on the counter. It's pain, right? It's probably pain. Um, no, it's you're right, because I have my cats are, they, they live on my kitchen counter. Yeah, mine do too. I don't but, care. You know, they, they should. And re remember, cats are super graceful, right? So if all of a sudden they look a little bit like they're trying to slide down the counter instead oh. of jump off in this beautiful arc that they take when they're feeling good, yeah. you know, they just sort of slide and, and they land kind of clunky. Those kinds of things aren't the way cats move if they're comfortable. You are a genius. I love talking to you. I always learn new things. So let's go to drugs. Drugs for 200, Dr. Colloran. But I want to talk about what has been used to help cats with chronic pain and what's the new thing that you call a game changer. So you get the big words. Um, I know there are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That was the big class of drugs that we used, and there are disadvantages to those. In fact, there's a black box on one of them. Uh oh. Um, but we do use those, and there's you know there's some guidance from the FDA that limits their use. The other things that we were we've been using are things like gabapentin, which as it turns out doesn't work all that well for pain in cats. There are other forms of therapy that really do help, like laser therapy and acupuncture okay. and heat. And making some modifications in the home can really help. Like you provide a heated bed for a cat with osteoarthritis, they're going to be pretty much more comfortable. Well, I have um, to do provide. a shout out to 17-year-old Mikey, our cat, who has such that. And it's in right there looking out a window where there's a morning sun. And he now, and he moves to the other spot for afternoon sun, but he gets, uh, we, we have him, so he's got a toasty place for his body. And he's, he's an amazing boy. And I, every day we have with him as a gift. That's how I feel. Absolutely. And so, you know, environmental modifications are things that we've, we've been doing. But one of, you know, you and I've talked about this before. I have two jobs to do. Right. One is providing really good health care. And the other one is preserving and protecting the relationship between people and their beloved cat. So that, and sometimes those things compete. Okay. Just recently though, a drug has been released that I think checks both of those boxes. All right. It's given subcutaneously, which means it's completely painless. And it's only given once a month. And so now you can bring your cat into the vet for a five minute visit, come in and get their monthly injection. And these cats are moving gracefully like they haven't in years. So it's, say the have, drug and spell it's it. Called, it's called Solencia, S-O-L-E-N-S-I-A. And I have some before and after videos that would make you cry. Give me an example. Cats, Give us an example. I have a cat, uh, one of a cat, for example, that had to take, they put three boxes at the bottom of the counter so the cat could get up onto the counter to eat. Aww. And that was the only way he could get up there. And he was a big eater. He loved to eat. And, and so they had these three steps to get up to the counter. After we started Silencia, he went straight from the floor to the top of the counter. Wow. So, but it is given in a veterinary clinic because it is subcutaneous. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's given small, short visit. Ultra short visit. I mean, in and out, really quick. Um, it's, a, it's painless. The client isn't trying to do anything to their cat. Yeah. I mean, giving pills or any form of medication to a cat by a person 
is, is hard on the relationship. And so when it comes to doing both things, providing really groundbreaking therapy and preserving the relationship, that's what I mean by a, a, a real difference in cat lives. So if you could wave a, a feather wand because we're talking cats, where, where do you see cats in medicine in the next five years? Well, you know, the, as you and I both know, there's more and more cats are companions now. And, and it's a, there's a huge population of people that have decided that cats are much more appropriate pets for them than dogs. So there's more and more cats, which means there's more and more opportunities to do research, to do investigations, to understand what therapy works for cats and doesn't. Um, because frankly, a lot of this is just like in human medicine, it's market driven. Yeah. You know, if you have a disease that lots of people get, there's going to be lots of opportunities for companies to, to create therapies that make money. So give us a few notable good sites people can check out, not Dr. Google, but ones that are veterinary no. backed that we can direct them to, to learn more about what's happening for cats. Uh, Painfreecats.com is one. Okay. And then there are, there are a couple of, um, I, I don't have them in front of me. That's all right. But there's a, so if they just Google Zoetist OA Pain and Cats, it'll take them to a number of websites that have a whole lot of information intended for people who have cats, not for veterinarians. There's separate sites for veterinarians that have the big words in them. The really, the really valuable stuff is the, is the material that's been developed for cat owners. And that's a Z-O-E-T-I-S, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. What about uh, catvets.com, correct? Catvets.com will do it. Yeah, and we'll, I know the Wind Feline Foundation is now known as? Every mm, Cat. You tell me. I forget. Okay. Every Cat Health Foundation. Everycat.com. That's right. <laughs> so uh, any parting uh, message you want to give? Uh, my cat, Casey, in the background, everybody. Casey, say hi. Casey. Hey, Casey. Casey, hi. He goes, thank you for those good tips because I'm, I'm eight years old and Arden is watching my leaping abilities. I'm still using the scratching post, and, uh, but I, she's on it but because of people like you, Dr. Elizabeth. And I want to make sure that people learn to provide information to their veterinarian. So one of good. the best tricks to do is to use your smartphone to take a little picture of your cat jumping off the counter. <gasps> good. A little short video too, right? Yeah. Everybody's yep. got everybody's a, is a camera woman now or a cameraman. I like that yeah. because you want evidence, don't you? I do, and I can't get it in the hospital. You know how cats act in the practice; they look like little <laughs> loaves of bread. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to give a shout out to uh, Opie and um, Andy, your two cats. How are they doing? They're doing great. They're um, Andy gets his Silencia every month. He's thirteen and a half. Wow! And he so was sliding down the counter. To, to get off of where he eats, and I knew that it was time. So your own cat has benefited by Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, amazing. All right. Well, I love everything that you do, and everybody, please check out uh, chicocats.com and Z-O-E-T-I-S-O-A-T-I-S, um, uh, and also catvets.com, and you mentioned painfreecats.com. We want to make this a pain-free world for our cats and have them live long, happy lives. So 
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. But thank you again, Dr. Colloran. Always a pleasure, Arden. Hey, everybody. That's it for our show today. At this time, want to thank our special guest from the Mount Laurel Animal Hospital, Dr. Rob Mankowski and Deborah Consiglio, and of course, cute doggy Lagatha, and from the Chico Hospital for Cats, Dr. Elizabeth Colloran. I also at this time want to thank our special sponsor, that is Tevra, uh, the makers of great products for dogs and cats. Just go to tevrapet.com. I thank all of you radio stations airing our show coast to coast, and I thank you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. So until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up! Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.